Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. This is our story. This is our song. We praise you all day long. We thank you for the gift of life in Jesus Christ. We thank you for salvation. And we thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us and how you've blessed us in so many ways. You've blessed us in every way with spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ. So tonight we come and we have this opportunity during the week to gather together to to praise your name, to sing praise to you, and uh, together around your word that we might hear your word and that we might fellowship in the truths of your word as we think about the importance of obe obeying you and being obedient as your children. We thank you, Lord, for those who are here in this uh, building. We thank you for those who are joining us uh, who cannot be with us tonight. We pray that you'd bless them in all of their conditions that you'd bring them back soon and that we might be able to enjoy uh, presence together in ways that we have not had for a while. So we pray, Lord, that you'd continue to bring healing and strength to all of our people. <clears throat> and so tonight we pause to think about that one that you've put on our heart tonight. We, we ask that tonight you would do a special work in that person's life whomever you've burdened us with tonight. May Jesus Christ be glorified in their life, regardless of their circumstances. May tonight they know and sense that someone is praying for them. May the Holy Spirit call to them, draw them closer to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So many of us come tonight, we come giving our thanks. We give thanks in all things for whatever's happening in our life is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. So now bless the time we have in your word, Lord, and we thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you who are here and those of you who are joining us tonight. We're glad you're here. If you did not pick up a copy of the outline we're looking at, I believe there's some on the table at the back, and you can pick that up. So tonight I'd like for you to find your place in the book of Romans, and we're going to look at the beginning of the book of Romans and then at the very end of the book of Romans. Tonight we continue to talk about the call to Christian obedience. We're thinking about what does it mean <clears throat> to obey God. Well, we can't talk about this without, uh, without dealing with this very important truth <clears throat> of what Paul calls uh, obedience of faith. What is it? What is the relationship between trusting God and believing God to be saved? And what is the relationship of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation and my obedience to the Lord as a result of being saved? So we talk about these two sides of this very important truth. Faith and obedience. So it's interesting that Paul, and you may not have ever seen this, perhaps you have, but at the beginning of Romans uh, chapter 1, verse number 5, we'll read the first uh, few verses here. Uh, then we'll also look in Romans chapter 16. So if you'll find your place in both places, uh, we'll read them first and then uh, make some general comments and we'll, we'll, we'll get into our time tonight of thinking about faith and obedience, obedience and faith. Both of these, by the way, are very important. Both of these are essential uh, to our relationship to God. Romans chapter 1 
and then find Romans chapter 16. The very first words of Romans, uh, this letter Paul wrote to uh, the church at Rome, and then the very last words that Paul left with these uh, Christians at Rome, and, and for us tonight, we'll be looking at them. So we begin reading in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was born of a, descend, born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power, by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then verse 5 uh, in particular, through whom, that is through Jesus Christ our Lord, we have, uh, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. And then we go over to Romans 16, and at the very bottom, at the very end, we have these great words of blessing, benediction, or whatever you want to call it, in Romans 16, beginning in verse 25. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now is manifested and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word tonight. May you help us tonight to um, focus our minds and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That we might be faithful to do what you've called us to do and be challenged tonight to consider our faithful obedience and our obedient faith. We thank you, Lord, for saving us, and we thank you for the chance to be challenged by these words. May they make a difference in our life. May, as we believe and trust you, may we obey you, and as we obey you, may we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So our focus tonight, I always try to give you a focus around which we'll be talking about, uh, obedient faith trusts God and obeys God. Obedient faith trusts God and obeys God. So there are some who would say, well, you know, it's faith, it's not, it's not obedience. It's obedience, it's not faith. It's both, actually. And that's why I think it's so tremendous that in this of all of Paul's letters, uh, this astounding letter to the Romans, he, he spends the time talking about and describing that his whole ministry. Now go back to chapter 1 for a moment. Let me make some general comments here before we look at some observations. So you, his whole ministry, Paul's whole ministry that he'd received, he had received grace and apostleship. He had been sent on a mission. He had been sent by God to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. For 
the, the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ's name, to the glory of God. So we find this goal. This goal is to share the gospel so that people might experience what he calls here, that, they, that it might bring about the obedience of faith. So when we tell people about Jesus Christ, it is so that they might experience the obedience of faith. It is important for us to remember that when we got saved, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, we practiced obedient faith. And faith that obeys is also what follows. And so you read then in chapter 16, this same statement. That as a result, let's just, let's just look at this, uh, Paul, this is, this is classic Paul here. Uh, beginning his sentence in verse 25 and ending it in verse 27. He, he, he builds these ideas together because he packs in all of these great truths into one thing. So he declares to the church, as I'm going to remind you tonight, that you are established, that is you are stabilized, you are, you are living with certainty in your life according to the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ brings stability to your life. The good news of the gospel is what matters. Not the good news that comes from the news broadcast. Not the good news that comes from your family or your business or your work or your relationships. The gospel, the good news is what establishes us. It is the foundation. How did Peter describe it? Uh, we are built upon the foundation of uh, the, the apostles and the prophets and the Lord Jesus is the cornerstone. So the gospel of Jesus Christ establishes us all. And uh, then according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul spent his time doing. What did he say? He said that through the foolishness of preaching, some are saved. The preaching of Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say that this is according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret for long ages past. That is, that Jesus Christ has come, the promised Messiah has come, and that there is gospel salvation to all who will believe. This was the mystery from the past hidden, but now it's manifest, verse 26, by the scriptures of the prophets. So in the word of God in the Old Testament were all of these prophecies and words about this wonderful gospel that would come through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, according to God's commandment in verse 26, which has been made known to all the nations. Paul is writing here with joy because he's describing already the advance of the gospel in his day. Think of this. Paul writing these words somewhere around uh, uh, the years of, of 55 to 60 A.D., and declaring that already the gospel has been shared with the nations. What an astounding thing. They didn't have any televisions. They didn't have any internet. They didn't have any cell phones. They, they had just simple technology uh, of, of things that we would find so common. And yet they shared the gospel everywhere they went. And so the uh, gospel was, had been made known to all the nations. And it leads to the obedience of faith. Those, in, those who trust Jesus Christ and are saved experience the obedience of faith. And it is to the only wise God through Jesus Christ be the glory forever. Amen. 
So obedient faith trusts God and obeys God. Or say it another way. Faith believes God and faith obeys God. You cannot separate your thinking about obedience from your faith. You cannot separate your faith from your obedience. They go together. And so tonight I'm asking you to evaluate your own personal life. If you say you believe in Jesus Christ, then you ought to be obeying Him. Uh, you, you shouldn't have to have even the preacher tell you that you should obey God and do the things that are the will of God. Your faith in God leads you to obey God. And obeying God demonstrates, are you listening, that you have faith in God. These things go together. It is the obedience of faith. And so we, uh, we pause now to think about this because it is this evaluation that so burdens me. There are some who get the idea belief is something you have in your mind, but we know that trusting Jesus Christ by faith is an act of the will. You must surrender your will. You must submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the truth of the gospel. So what are some observations we learn from these words in general? Well, first of all, those who believe in Jesus Christ obey the gospel. There's no contradiction in saying that. Uh, we, we don't need to avoid that because it is in, uh, in a real sense when we believe, whenever you heard the gospel, wherever you were, whether you read it in a, a gospel track or someone gave you a Bible or you heard a preacher or you, uh, or, or you were reading your Bible on your own or you were talking to your mother and father, someone shared the gospel with you. When you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you obeyed the gospel. The good news, you obeyed the good news, and the good news is given to us from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Well, how did the Lord say it? If anyone wishes to come after me, that is, if you're going to have a relationship with me, the Lord said, if you're going to come after me, you must deny yourself. That's more than just having thoughts in your mind. Boy, that's a big challenge for us all, isn't it? Denying ourselves. It's the battle of your Christian life every day. It's a continuous act of obedience. When I trust Jesus Christ, I deny myself. It is the surrender of my will. It is surrendering my rights, my desires, my opinions, and surrendering to the will of God and to the gospel. If anyone comes after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. These are all acts of obedience based on a commitment of trusting Jesus Christ. So there is this very real sense in where we learn that trust is tied to obedience. When we trust God, we will obey God. And because we obey God, it demonstrates that we are Trusting God. So those who place their faith in God obey God's commands. That's part of what's being said here in Romans 1.5 that Paul says, I've received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. So he goes to the nations. Paul, Paul isn't sent to the Jewish nation. Paul is sent as the Jew of Jews to the Gentiles who lived in all of their 
<clears throat> pagan rituals and religions <clears throat> and all the darkness of the wickedness of the pagan world, Paul, the most religious of Jews, is sent by the Lord Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those who are in the darkest of places. I was rereading this today. Such a, such a wonderful thing when, when Paul is saved. And uh, as a result of being saved, he, he is told uh, by Ananias who is sent to him that he will be a witness to the nations and to the kings. And so this, uh, this great commitment that Paul had experienced in his life started with faith in the Lord Jesus. He believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. God gave to him a mission and he obeyed. So God secures those who believe the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, as we saw in Romans 16, 25. And the mystery of the gospel has been hidden from ages past, but is now available for all of us because when Jesus Christ came, He revealed the hidden mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And many of you, those of you who are listening to me, you have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've believed by faith the mystery of the gospel. You believed it. The Old Testament prophets promised that the gospel would come and that this one would come who would be uh, king and priest and Lord and Messiah. And so as a result of the, of the promises of God and the prophecies about Jesus Christ, we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as He has preached. So you've heard Him preached. We preach Jesus Christ crucified here in this church. We're unashamed to talk about the cross. The cross is at the center of the good news of the gospel. As I've repeatedly talked to this church about over these past weeks. And we'll continue to do so for a little while longer because it is so important. That's why Paul says that the obedience of faith comes as a result of the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Both of those things are very important. And you should be glad that you know the gospel and that you have heard and believed the preaching concerning Jesus Christ. So God's eternal commandments... Provide the gospel which is believed by faith and the gospel of the Lord has been declared to the nations. And here we are in our generation preaching, sending missionaries. Our church is very much involved in that as we can best do it. And churches all over the world sending our missionaries to share the gospel and to preach Jesus Christ crucified. So we have all of these things that Paul has, has said are at the heart of the gospel. The goal of preaching the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ is for people, leads people to obedience in faith or the obedience of faith. So some have debated, is it one or the other? Well, it's actually both. It is that faith believes and trusts God in the promises of God, but it is also that faith as a result of believing God obeys God and does what He asks us to do. It's interesting to me, and I'll have you turn now to the book of Hebrews, and this is a famous chapter, Hebrews 11. I want to illustrate this matter of obedient faith 
It's not just that I obey God and I'm saved, and it's the and it is truly the first act of uh, the first act of salvation. The first act we commit is that of believing Jesus Christ, and believing the gospel is the first act of obedience. But then it leads to a life of obedience. But it's tied to our faith. This is I, I'm trying to keep from having people and for all of you decoupling your faith and your obedience. They go together. And so I can preach this from either side, and I'll try to do that. But I want you to see this very thing as it's demonstrated in the famous chapter on faith in the book of Hebrews. So first we have a definition, verse 1, Hebrews 11. This is a reminder to most of you here tonight. What is faith? Well, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In other words, we trust God, and by faith we trust Him with assurance of hope, that the promises of God and what Jesus Christ has done is true. What is it? Uh, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. That's the assurance of our hope. Jesus has been raised from the dead. And as a result of that, we believe in that you will be saved. And then it's a conviction of things not seen. The world bases all of their assurance on what they see. That's the way the world lives. That's the way we're taught to live in the world. You see it and you believe it, therefore you're assured by it. But we who follow Jesus Christ Though we have not seen Him, we love Him. And though we do not see Him now, we rejoice greatly with great joy in knowing Jesus Christ. Reading this week, an old preacher said, Lord, I want to know You more so that I might love You more, so that I might rejoice in You more. That's a good way to say it. I hope that's true of your Christian life. That you seek to know God. You want to grow in your relationship by faith in knowing the Lord. So it is assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. Then you go over to verse number 6. Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, that He exists, and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. And then you have this list of statements that demonstrate the obedience of faith. By faith, because they believed God, these great examples of faith from the Old Testament, they believed God, they were assured of His existence, they believed Him, so what did they do? They obeyed Him. It's very important to see this connection in these verses in your Bible. By faith, it says, and then Noah does something. Do you see it there? By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark. Now, by faith, we have Abel in verse 4. Abel offers to God. He does something. He obeys in worship and offers a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gift and through faith. You see, it was his, it was his faith in God 
And so he offered to God. He obeyed God in his offering, in his worship. These things go together. It's very important to see it. <clears throat> and though Abel, is, though Abel is dead, he still speaks. Uh, so we go on and notice Noah again built the ark. It was an act of obedience. He was warned by God about things not yet seen. There's coming a time of destruction. The world will be destroyed. The world was at such a point of evil and wickedness that God destroyed the ancient world prior <clears throat> to the flood. Gone. And in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his family, by which I'm reading verse 7 of Hebrews 11. He condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. He believed God when he was given direction by God from his word, his command, and he obeyed. Faith hears the word of God and obeys. That's the linkage of faith and obedience. <clears throat> when you read your Bible and the Word of God gives you clear direction, when you read the words of Jesus Christ and you're, you, you say you're a follower of Jesus, then He calls us to live a certain way. We must, by faith, because we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we obey Him by faith. We obediently, we obediently believe Him and trust Him and act. Well, going on. By faith, Abraham, look at verse 8. <clears throat> when he was called, obeyed. Here are the words together in the verse. You have this great one, Abraham, the father of the faithful. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Why? Because he had an assurance. He trusted God that God would tell him where to go, though he didn't see it and he didn't know where it was at. He trusted God, so he obeyed. I'm making a point. Do you trust God and are you willing to obey God in all the areas of your life? Are you willing to go without knowing where you're to go? Well, this is important enough that I want to have you keep your finger there in Hebrews <clears throat> 11, and I want to show you this great contrast in the life of Abraham. I'll just read it for the sake of time. Romans chapter 4, verse number 3 uh, says, uh, this is Romans 4, 3. For what does the scripture say? Paul's now talking about what it means to have faith in God. Saving faith. <clears throat> he says, for what does the scripture say? Romans 4, 3. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So it is by this example. So here is, here is Abraham believing God. Believing the promise of God that God gave to him. You'll be the father of many nations. He hears the promise of God. He believes God. And as a result of believing God, when he was called, now I'm back in Hebrews 11, 8. When God called him out of his land, he left his land. He left a rich man in the land of Ur of Chaldees. And he went out to a place and became a stranger and an alien. He trusted God and obeyed God, though he lived a life for the most part 
never having again a permanent home. I want you to listen to what I'm saying to you. Because this is the call of obedience. If I trust God, I must be willing to do whatever God calls me to do. Whatever He says for me to do. That's not just for preachers and missionaries. That's for all of you as God's people. And so we have by faith Abraham offered up Isaac. <clears throat> Another whole story we could spend our time on. The one that God finally gave him. <clears throat> this blessed, wonderful child. Now a young adult, most likely. Able to go and understand what's happening. And they go because God tells him, go sacrifice your son. And so by faith, we see in these very important words... Verse number 17, <clears throat> by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. And it was to him, in Isaac your descendants will be called. And he considered that God, verse 19, was able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. You see, here we see the same example. God, we believe God, and then we read in God's Word, and He says for us to do something, and will we do it? <clears throat> Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The Lord says, keep the commandments. The young man says, I've done them all. And the Lord said, one thing you lack. Here's your problem. You love your possessions and your money. Give up all your possessions and your money. Come and follow me. Faith and obedience. Obedience and faith. They are not disconnected. They are connected together. By faith, Moses, verse number 27, left Egypt. He left a famous man. Moses left Egypt. He had been in the house of Pharaoh. He lived a better life than all of the Egyptians. He lived a better life, obviously, than all of the children of Israel. And now we see by faith, Moses left. It's not that Moses was just thinking thoughts and believing ideas. His faith led to his obedience. He left Egypt. We read it in verse number 27, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, he saw him who is unseen. His faith carried him and made him courageous in his obedience. And this is what I'm saying. Saving faith leads to obedience to God in all of our ways. By faith Moses kept the Passover <clears throat> By faith he kept the Passover, verse 28, and the sprinkling of blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith Moses passed through the Red Sea, verse 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. <clears throat> By faith, verse number 30, the walls of Jericho fell down. What did they do? They obeyed. They went and walked around those giant walls. You know, we read about the story of the walls of Jericho. They were massive walls. Walls wide enough that some archaeologists tell us they could 
they could drive chariot, a chariot around the top of that wall. I want you to think about the width of that. Just as you think about wagon wheels and a wagon, a chariot about the same wheel width. Those massive walls fell when the children of Israel obeyed. They trusted God and obeyed God. As they obeyed God, they demonstrated their trust in God. The same is true for us today. We trust God and we obey Him. And we obey Him because we trust Him. These things are what we learn from the Word of God. By faith, Rahab welcomed the spies, 1131, in your Bible. <clears throat> the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient. Notice, she did not perish with those who were disobedient. She was obedient. She believed God. She believed the promise from the, from the Israelite spies about the coming disaster. And she believed God and she hid them. She obeyed. And because of that, she was spared. She welcomed the spies in peace. And then, what shall we say? As the sermon, as the preacher always says, what shall we say? And then you see the list of other things. Many others conquered kingdoms by faith. They trusted God and they conquered kingdoms. They performed acts of righteousness. They obtained promises. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Oh, the book of Hebrews is so glorious in that it shows us this marvelous, amazing connection between faith that believes God and faith that obeys God. As I said at the beginning, obedient faith trusts God. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. We're saved as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, He saves us as we believe in Him. And then it leads to a life of obedience. Did you know that obeying Jesus Christ is believing Jesus Christ? So I'm turning the phrase in order to make you think about it in a different way. If you say, I am a follower of Jesus... Listen, please listen. That means you obey Him. That means that tonight you don't live like all of your friends. That means you've made a distinction in how you will bring up and rear your children and your grandchildren. That means that you will set a standard in your life and you will not be controlled by fleshly passions and lusts and ungodly things and the world. It is a difference because now we say we are the obedient ones. We obey Him. So what do we read in 1 Peter 1-2? I love the way Peter mentions it here. Describing Christians. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father. 1 Peter 1-2. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ. What a great order you have there. What a great description. In fact, I'll, I'll read verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen. That's right. When you're, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been chosen by God. You are a chosen one according to the foreknowledge of God. 
by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And to obey, to obey. See, I'm sanctified, I'm saved. Peter's using this word sanctified, set apart, made holy. That's what happens when I become a follower of Jesus. I'm justified and declared righteous and called a righteous and holy one, even though I'm amazed because there's still sin in my life. But that's the glory. We'll talk about it Sunday. That's the glory of the cross. The finished work of Jesus Christ is that unrighteous sinners can be declared righteous when they put their faith in Jesus Christ. And that is it. Notice the order here. It is those who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ. I come today and I say, I sat here, I stood here last week appealing to you. Uh, Romans chapter 12. What is our spiritual act of worship? Both publicly and privately, it is to present ourselves as a living and holy sacrifice to God. This is very important for every one of you, no matter your age as a Christian. This isn't hard to understand. The question is, tonight, are you obeying Jesus Christ? Well, if you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Only those who obey Him are those who believe in Him. This is a way to determine whether you're truly saved or if you're just a religious Baptist. Notice, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. That means set apart and holy. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. What did John 3.36 say? John the Baptist is here declaring, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. I love Acts chapter 6 verse uh, 7. Describing the advance and the growth of the church. Uh, in these words, the word of God kept spreading. And the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. There it is again. They were becoming obedient to the faith. In fact, in 1 Peter, if, uh, if you'll uh, allow me, I'll add this. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, uh, we, we read these words from Peter talking to Christians saying, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls. Isn't that an interesting way to say it? You see, that's what it is to believe in Jesus Christ. It is, in, it is to, as Peter says here, it is obedience to the truth. I surrender. I surrender my will to Jesus Christ. And I obey Him and what He says for me to do. And when I do not believe Him, when I disobey the Lord Jesus Christ, and what did He say? For God so loves the world... He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the promise of eternal life. And as we just read, He who does not obey the Son will not see life. The Lord Jesus appeals over and over. Come to me, be saved. Come to me, be saved. Come to me, be saved. He says it to you tonight. Come to me, be saved. I'm asking you tonight. To evaluate whether you have saving faith. Saving faith is obeying faith. That's what we see in these words. So what do we need to remember tonight as we finish up? Well, I'm, I'm just 
again, driving in the nail a little harder, but it's these things that I've given you on the outline. Number one, obedient faith believes the promises of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe the promises and therefore I act and surrender myself by faith to Jesus Christ. And then, and then I obey him. Obedient faith obeys God's commands. In fact, I could say it another way. Obedient faith trusts God enough to do whatever he says. I'll say it again. Obedient faith trusts God enough. To do whatever he says. That's what, those, that's what those examples from the book of Hebrews were all about. We sometimes read the Bible like it's a, a storybook of, of famous characters in the past, but it doesn't really have any application to today. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not true for you. I hope you don't just read the Bible for leisure and enjoyment like it's a great novel with some good stories in it. These things that happen to these are examples for you who believe. If you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be an obedient follower of Jesus Christ. Trusting God leads to obeying God. And to turn it, obeying God demonstrates that you trust God. How can I go and do what God calls me to do if I don't trust Him? If I don't trust the Lord Jesus Christ and what He said, I'll never do what He wants me to do. Obedient faith obeys only God's Word. And obedient faith is full obedience. Uh, Psalm 119.6, I, I will not be ashamed when I observe all your commandments. And obedient faith, as I said, only obeys the word of God. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Obedient faith grows and obedient faith is obedience of a son, not a slave. How did the Lord say it of himself in his relationship to God the Father? I've, I've given you this verse because it, John 8, 29, because it's, it's the way we ought to be speaking about our relationship to the Lord in faith. For I always do the things that please Him. Because I trust God through the Lord Jesus Christ so much, because I love Him, I want to do everything that pleases Him. That means it's the way I live. It's the walk of faith. It is the walk of faith. And obedient faith blesses others. Romans 16, uh, 19 is earlier in the end of that chapter. Paul's talking about some of those brothers and sisters who had been doing ministry in the church. And he says, your obedience has come abroad unto all men. It's been a blessing to all men. So what do we do with these things, my dear friends, as we go tonight? Well, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Trust God's promises and trust God's will. Trust God's word and do what what He has commanded you, and then maybe I, I won't sing it. I've been quoting a lot of hymns lately. They just come to my mind. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen? Amen. God bless you all. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these wonderful words that we've seen tonight.
So tonight I come to do self-evaluation before I go. I stand before you as the one speaking these words. You know what's in my heart. You know whether my faith is obedient faith. You know whether my obedience is based on faith. But I know you also know every other person who hears my voice tonight, whether they're in this room physically or whether they've joined us electronically. Show us tonight the real condition of our heart. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, show us tonight the condition of our soul. Show us tonight the condition of our faith. Show us tonight whether we are disobeying the Lord Jesus Christ or obeying Him. Thank You for the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit of God when we're saved, washing us, cleaning us up, renewing our minds, filling us with the Spirit, teaching us the Word of God so that we might obey You, Lord Jesus Christ. We trust and obey. There's no other way for us to have joy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And we thank you that we can sing that song all the days of our life. Now bless us as we go our ways. And we thank you, Lord, for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tell your neighbor tonight, trust and obey. God bless you. Those of you watching, may the Lord bless you. Come back and be with us when you feel ready and safe. We miss you and we're praying for you. God bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. God bless you.